0: Hello, I'm Artemis Pyle, drummer of Leonard Skinnerd, and uh, welcome to Life Minute TV.
1: In October of seventy-seven, the now legendary Rock Hall of Fame drummer Artemis Pyle and his band Leonard Skinnerd boarded a plane on their way to a show. Low on fuel, just miles from their destination, the plane made an emergency landing that took the lives of six people, including three band
0: members. Those dead are Leonard Skinner lead singer Ronnie Van Zant, guitarist Steve Gaines and his sister Cassie, a backup vocalist, assistant road manager Dean Kilpatrick, the plane's pilot Walter McCreary, and co-pilot William Gray. And drummer Artemis Pyle is in good condition at a hospital in Magnolia.
1: 45 years later, one of the last two surviving members of the band, the man that gave Skinner that powerful and distinctive double bass drumming sound, joined us at the Life Minute studios to reminisce about his bandmates and tells us how he chooses to honor them today. This is a Life Minute with Artemis Pyle.
0: Thank you, Joanne. Thanks for having me in and letting me talk about our projects.
1: We're so happy to have you here. I have to ask you about the anniversary. I can't believe 45 years. Just tomorrow?
0: It seems impossible because to me it was like yesterday. Um, and then again, it was like a thousand years ago. It's, it's one of those enigmas.
1: How did you even sur- survive it mentally? Like, what did you do? To...
0: Well, you know, if <sighs> you have an airplane crash today, there's grief counseling back in 1977 when we crashed there was no grief counseling and so grief counseling turned out to be surprise surprise drugs and alcohol and i've watched it kill a lot of my friends and i hate that uh but the the grief counseling i got through the first couple of years and uh it was hard, but I had my family with me. I had my wife and children, my wife Patricia, who's portrayed in the, mm-hmm. the movie. My, saw it. You saw it. Mm-hmm. It's intense, isn't it?
1: It was hard it, to it's watch. It's an excellent movie, really well On done. On the budget that we it had. it was hard and the, to watch. Yeah. Thank
0: you for that, because the budget that we had, wasn't a lot from what I understand. I, I don't do a bunch of movies. Uh, this will probably be the only movie I did, but we did the soundtrack. My son wrote a beautiful song, Marshall uh, wrote a song. My son Chris wrote three songs. My band wrote a great song called Street Survivor Mm -hmm. that I put up against any Southern rock song ever written. And then we had uh, my friends from Nashville, Tennessee, put together some nice stuff to go on the soundtrack. Mm -hmm. And it's a beautiful soundtrack. You know, something that happened in history, we did a movie about it, actually happened. Uh, but I'm very proud of it, and the actors and actresses that portrayed us.
1: Mm-hmm. What was Ronnie Van Zant really like?
0: <sighs> <sighs> he, uh, I roomed with Ronnie all over the world. and uh, He was a gentleman, and he had a beautiful smile, and he had a great handwriting. Uh, like almost like my mother's cursive, you know, just perfect cursive. He was known as the wild guy and drinking scotch and drinking mm-hmm. all this kind of stuff, but anybody that drinks too much goes goes a little crazy, you know, um, don't give me four shots of tequila, you know. I, I, I so at my age, I, I'll have a glass of wine, I'll have a beer, I'll have a shot, but I'm not gonna, you know, four days later, you know, be looking for a, a case of Budweiser. Um, Back in those days, there was a lot of drinking, and uh, which led to other things. But the Ronnie Van Zandt that I knew, uh, he, he was a fisherman. He fished with style and grace. I'm too fidgety to fish. I, I'm the, When I come, the fish leave. <laughs> I cannot catch a fish. Uh, it's one Ron- thing you can't do. Huh?
1: It's one thing you can't do.
0: I cannot catch fish. <laughs> um, but Ronnie was a master at that. And let's just, you know, he's a prolific master songwriter. His songs, the words, the way he put it together, it sticks to you. I hear the stories all the time. Um, Ronnie was a great person. He loved his family, he loved his brothers, he loved his mother and father, uh, sister Van Zant, his mom, Marion, um, and his uh, his father, Lacey, and his two brothers, Donnie and Johnny. Um, and uh, there was a sister as well. Um, but uh, you know he, he and his wife, Judy, Judy Vanzant, um, they had a little baby, uh, Melody. And uh, I remember we, when we got on our airplane for the last time, Ronnie wanted to hold my baby son, Marshall. And so we swapped babies, and I held Melody and he held Marshall and we walked around the tarmac. You know, under our plane, we had our name on the, across the nose of the plane. And uh, when we crashed that plane, we had made, decided that we were going to get a Learjet for the band. Two brand new tour buses for our girls, our backup singers, JoJo and Leslie. Um, and, uh, of course, Cassie. Cassie was on the plane right in front of me. She was killed. I'm here. That's why I'm going to talk about Cassie. She was one of the most amazing women I've ever met. Uh, she had a degree, you know, in physical education. She sang in a Broadway production of Hair. She was a wonderful person, and her brother Steve, they came from a great family. So, and wh- what Ronnie loved the most w- was Steve, because he was a songwriter that he could exchange with and bounce off of, because Ed King, who he wrote "Sweet Home Alabama with, had left the band. The road just got to Ed. Uh, he wrote a song called Road Fatigue just before he left and it, he had fatigue. But Ronnie was a, a wonderful person and uh, he knew how good the band was. He knew what he had. He was aware of it and uh, I miss him. I miss him every day. Uh, he was a great cat and uh, he loved music. He loved all music. Um, I even got him to listen to some jazz. <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, But he would have collaborated. He would have always kept Leonard Skinner together, because he knew that was his bread and butter. Mm. But he would have collaborated with so many people. Um, And and that's what I miss. You know, Steve and and Ronnie were both prolific songwriters, and they would have they would have spread that legacy even wider. Um, But we have what we have. Mm -hmm. You know, we have Ronnie and all the songs that he wrote. And he wrote all those songs in a very short period of time. Think about it, you know, yeah. 74, 73, mm-hmm. 74, 77, all those albums that we did. And uh, we were working on new materials. So I, I can tell you that they broke the mold on Ronnie Van Zant, on Steve Gaines, on Billy Powell, on Leon Wilkeson, you know, Gary Rossington and Alan Collins. They were a unique bunch of individuals, and I was glad to be a part of it. (music)
1: At
0: at year 40, I had been sad, and, and counting down every single day, a month out for years, I would know exactly where I was, I'd remember what I was doing, and that was 40 years of being sad. And we played a, a gig up in Chicago on the 40th anniversary. And I took some of the plane crash uh, survivors with me. And I had Steve Gaines' brother, Bob, Bob Gaines. He came out and talked about Steve after we did Sweet Home Alabama before Freebird. We did a Q&A with the, the audience. And I, I just decided that night, I've been sad long enough. So about five years ago, I just said, I'm not going to just let myself get so depressed and so sad at this time of year. I'm going to celebrate the music, like today, the 19th. This is the day I want to celebrate because this is the day that we played in Greenville, South Carolina. On this day, Ronnie Van Zant sang Freebird for the very last time. Because I'm as free Music was still alive so that's what I want to celebrate is the music and this album that we're doing putting a, a, a little shine and a modern-day techniques recording techniques on these old classic songs what we've done is put together an a tribute album to Ronnie Van Zant and I'm kind of as a working title I'm calling it uh, a tribute to Ronnie Van Zant, his music, and his band. And I'm very fortunate to be included in that band. Uh, I came along after Bob Burns, the the first drummer, the original drummer. Uh, there might not be a Leonard Skinner if it wasn't for Bob Burns. And Bob and I were very close. And we lost him in a car wreck of all things, a few years ago and he was 64 years old and you figured when you're 64 you've made it, you know, okay now you can enjoy your, your, your old age, you know. But uh, Bob was uh, in a car accident and it took his life. So for all of my friends that I lost in the plane crash, so I think about my friends when I play the music, I have a band, we tour all the time, we're always on the road. <laughs> But we have a new album, and we're taking all the Skinnard classic songs, uh, Free Bird, Home Alabama, Simple Man, all the great stuff that Ronnie wrote. And he didn't write hit songs, he wrote hit albums. So we're taking uh, all those songs, and my band, um, which is Jerry Lida, Brad Durden, Scott Rains and Dave Fowler, and then myself. There's five of us. And we make it sound good, the the, the Skinner stuff. We've been together for about 14 years. And we really play the Leonard Skinner music the way it should be played. And I drive it, of course, the way I did when I was younger. I'm 74. And I drive it like I did when I was 34. Um, And the album, like I say, it's a tribute to Ronnie. And uh Dolly Parton is singing Freebird. And we wrote a beautiful arrangement for her. We're working with her. Um and her producer, uh, Kent Wells. He produced Reba McIntyre, he produced Dolly, he's been with Dolly for 35 years. So he's getting me the best drum sound I've ever had in my life. Uh I've get getting the best of all worlds. And we have uh, Sammy Hagar is singing mm-hmm. Simple Man. So Dolly and Sammy and Billy Ray Cyrus
1: awesome. is,
0: is going to sing uh, Call Me the Breeze, which was written by J.J. Cale From Brooks and Dunn, Ronnie Dunn uh, sang Sweet Home Alabama. And he's got a southern accent. I've heard these tracks, and it's really cool to hear Ronnie, Sweet Home, you know, he's got that accent. Mm-hmm. Ronnie was from Florida, but he didn't have a prominent Southern accent. He had a Southern accent, but not, not like Ronnie Dunn. And so just hearing Sweet Home Alabama sung that way, you know, by, by a guy with a legitimate Southern accent, it's beautiful. And Billy Ray Cyrus, he made Call Me The Breeze, his own, all through the thing. He's yelling and yee-haw, doing all this kind of stuff, whooping it up. And he kind of made it a road song. He he gave Call Me the Breeze new life. But Ronnie kinda made it famous. So between the way J. J. Cale sang it and the way Ronnie sang it, Billy Ray Cyrus kinda brought it in the middle. Cause Ronnie sang it they, well then now they call me the breeze up there and JJ J. sang it, they call me mm-hmm. you know, down here. Billy's right in the middle, you know, yelling through the, the all these ad libs and everything. It, it's 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 a great road song now. So um, we offered a song to Wynonna Judd because we know her heart is broken and maybe we give her a little distraction to come in and cut a song with us. If she wants us to cut a, another one that, that she likes better, we'll we'll cut one. Um, we have a, a young lady from Canada named Lindsay Ellie, L. Lindsay Elle. Uh, she's 33 years old. She did uh, Needle in the Spoon. She played a Strat solo on it. She sang it great. She kind of sounds like Cheryl Crow and uh, Lindsay, you know, she was on the uh, the Canadian Voice mm-hmm. and stuff. So we have a an array, and my wish list is, uh, I'd love for Neil Young to sing one, because he had, he had written some songs for Ronnie to look at, and then Ronnie was killed, so that never happened. And uh, Bob Dylan, I mentioned, you know, he mentioned Simple Man on. Uh, On a uh, news program, Jack White, uh, that lives in Nashville, I'd love for him to to get some diversity. I would love, uh, Dave Grohl is a friend of mine. Um, Dave, uh, I jam with Dave uh, for the Christmas jam that they do every year in Asheville, North Carolina, to raise money for the habitat of humanity. And uh, Dave was on guitar. I played Dave's drums, and we did Simple Man and I had tears and Dave had tears Aww. because earlier that evening he did a Nirvana song, All Apologies. Yep. And the whole crowd was singing with him at the end of the song and he was crying mm. and and I I was too. We were both emotional. So I would love to get Dave uh to put his spin on anything, you know, choose a song, we'll cut it if it's not already cut. So I've got my wish list and uh you know, I'm very sad. If, if we put the album out tomorrow and it was just the people that we have, Dolly Parton, Sammy Hagar. I mean, you know, we, we've got great people. Uh, but you know, I, I can dream, you know, th- this is my dream. I, I'd love to see uh, Bob Dylan. It's, it's, it's all good, Joanne. You know, the mm-hmm. music keeps, keeps everybody alive and makes people happy. And uh, we have this whole group of, of vocalists that are putting their hearts and souls into these songs because it's for Ronnie. And they all respect him. And I happen to know that Ronnie loved Dolly Parton as well. And and Sammy Hagar because he was in a band called uh, Montrose, Ronnie Montrose. And, um, but of course, Sammy went on to, to touch the stars. <laughs> But his uh, performance on Simple Man, he, he put his heart into it. And <clears throat> so it's interesting to hear how the different artists will apply their love of Leonard Skinnerd. And the, the interesting thing about Freebird is that for the first time in almost 35 years, Gary Rossington, who is the only other member of Leonard Skinnerd, other than I. Um, that is still here, and um, Gary, you know, I got in touch with Gary, and I said, We've, uh, we're going to do Freebird, and he said, well, my health isn't the best, but I'll see how I feel, and then I went back and said, by the way, Dolly Parton is going to sing it, and Gary goes, you know, I feel better already, <laughs> I feel so much better, and so Gary and I are actually playing on a track Aww, together, and it's his iconic slide solo uh, with the iconic Dolly Parton on Freebird, which is an, an iconic song. And so Gary deserves it. He deserves to be on a cut with Dolly Parton and uh, and vice versa. I mean, because Gary is an amazing person and so is Dolly. And uh, our band cut the track so. And the fact that the music is still alive after 45 sure. years, it still lives.
1: Mm-hmm. It sure does, yeah. And I think more n- generations are you know, learning about, about it every day. Mm-hmm.
0: I love it when I go to shows. I mean, we, you know, the, in the last couple of months, we've been in Rio Doce, New Mexico, Dallas, Texas, San Antonio to raise money for veterans. We were able to give its uh, wishes for our heroes, and we were able to give a young veteran and his family a brand new. Kia family car because the foundation was going to fix his old car and it was beyond repair. So we were able to get him a brand new Kia and he was very emotional and it was a big auction and to raise money for wishes for our heroes. So I love being able to use Leonard Skinner's music to raise money for children, cancer, uh, veterans, firefighters, the police department, whoever needs a little bump, you know, uh, in recognition uh, to raise money. Uh, the, the music of Ronnie Van Zant and Leonard Skinner, uh, our music is very powerful. And it means, I, I hear stories after I play, for hours I'll sit and listen to where somebody was when we had the plane crash what the music meant to them, how their high school prom theme was Freebird, where they bury a friend, a lot of bikers. You know, I ride a motorcycle. A lot of bikers bury their friends and they play Freebird. Uh, I've heard the story dozens of times. And hearing what the music means a uh, Simple Man. I heard Bob Dylan on TV the other day talking about, all you gotta do is listen to Simple Man by Ronnie Van Zant, and that band Leonard Skinner. <laughs> This is Bob Dylan. He goes, That's all you need to know is listening to Simple Man. So, coming from the poet laureate of America uh, and the world uh, to a lot of people, talking about Ronnie Van Zant, I cried. I mean, when Dolly played her version of Freebird, uh, tears just streamed because it's so emotional to me. Uh, I'm still here and my friends aren't. But Gary, you know. Uh, is, is here and I, to get him on that uh, track meant the world to me. So the music to me, in my world, in the Leonard Skynyrd world, the music is still relevant. And I hear the stories and, and it's it, it means a lot to me to hear those stories uh, from the fans that come. And, and to your point, the, the last few shows we've done, there have been young people, you know, a young, eight, nine, 12 years old, whose parents bring them Mm -hmm. to hear us play this music. And then the kids actually react to it instead of saying, you know how children are. I have eight children and grandchildren. They all play drums. Because no matter what instrument you play, you have to learn time. So my youngest son, River, just graduated from Appalachian State University in Boone, North Carolina. He's studying sustainable environment. He wants to help save our water. His name is River, uh, but his favorite instrument is uh, trombone. And he's very good at all of his instruments. All of my children are brilliant. And the moms, they got a lot of their intelligence from their moms because I'm not academic at all. Um, I can run a bulldozer, I can fly an airplane, but what I love doing the most is playing drums. Two little wooden sticks and little round things, you know. That's my Peter principle. You have heard of that where you get you you get promoted out of what you're good at. You know, so I just stay what I'm good at and that's playing drums. The music means uh, a lot. I, and of course I meet people older. I just met a gentleman 93 years old. He loved our music. I actually officiated a marriage ceremony in Arkansas last week.
1: Oh, you're
0: kidding. Oh. On a 25,000 acre farm. Wow. I got to say, do you take this woman to be your lawfully wedded wife? Do you take this man? I got to say those words. And at the end, I got to say, I now pronounce you man and wife. So I officiated, and it was kind of a half Jewish. Uh, I lived in Jerusalem, Israel, in the castle of King David for three years or or more, uh, studying Leviticus and Old Testament. So I know a little Hebrew. So I was able to, and, and they got married under a hoopah, the hoopah, and he crushed the glass yeah. and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was very relaxed; it wasn't, you know, a, official. But just, and then we played our show for, for about two hundred people yeah. that came to yeah, the, so cool. you know, to the wedding. So, yeah. um, I love being the drummer of Leonard <laughs> Skinner. It, it has saved my life. Um, because you know you go through life and things happen. Everybody has their story, their ups and downs. But I'm happy. I I have incredible children. I'm friends with their mothers. Uh, I'm single. You know, we're uh, I'm divorced, but we're friends because I'm married to music. You know, and I, I'm never home, so it's not fair to get into a relationship with someone when you're never there. You're always playing somewhere else, and um, that being said, you know, I I get to play drums with a great band and play great music to raise money for incredible causes, so I know there are terrible things going on in this world, and I wish I could do something about it, but I can only do what I can do, and that's play drums for music, and it puts I smiles on people's lot. faces, and... Um,
1: a lot, and I'm glad to hear that you're still close with Gary. I didn't know that.
0: That came about through a third party, um, a friend of Gary's that used to mow. When I lived with Gary in Jacksonville, Florida, this his name is Tim, Timmy, and he uh, he'd come over and mow mow the grass. And he reached out to me. He's now owns a car dealership outside of Nashville, Tennessee. I think it's closer to Jackson, Tennessee. And he reached out to me one day and um, just out of the blue and I said, well, it's great to talk to you, Timmy. He says, do you remember me? And I said, yeah. He said, well, I talk to Gary all the time. And I said, well, would you please tell Gary that I love him and I miss him? We roomed together a lot. I roomed with Ronnie and Gary when we couldn't afford separate hotel rooms. And um, I've always considered him a good friend And we played for the kings and queens of rock and roll all over this planet. So I really missed him. And the last time I saw Gary was at our keyboard player, the great Billy Powell, that could play classical all day long. He could, you know, make you very emotional just playing classical. But he was a honky-tonk, hard-playing piano player. And Skynyrd is known as a three-guitar army. But Billy Powell, his piano, was just as much a part of the sound of Leonard Skynyrd as anything, um, except, of course, for Ronnie Van Zant's vocals. You can't replace that. Um, but I was at Billy's funeral, and uh, Gary came up, and we hugged and uh, whispered a couple of things to each other, you know, like, I love you, I miss you, good to see you and uh, he's had you know many heart attacks over the years and uh, so now he's enjoying you know being at home I-, I think and not being under the pressure but if he wants to go out and play with a band he can and my band plays leonard skinner music you know really well so he's welcome to come and play with us anytime he feels like it the uh, rock and roll hall of fame induction that Dolly's gonna do, she's gonna be inducted on the November 5th, and we recorded Freebird for her to add to her rock and roll album, because she told me, she said, you know, Artemis, I don't think I deserve to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And I said, Dolly, you deserve everything. You're Dolly, you know, you, you're you a humanitarian. She gives money to the Vanderbilt Children's Hospital, a million bucks at a time. Uh, and her reading programs for children, you know, the, the reading, uh, programs she's just an amazing humanitarian and not to mention singer songwriter movie star just all-around cool person and um, we've done a lot of shows together raising money for breast cancer awareness and my mother was a breast cancer survivor so i I thought about that and and anytime dolly's in on a gig the place is packed (laughs) and so we were able to raise a a lot of money for the uh, awareness and uh, so, you know, I, I'm so happy that Gary and I were able to get back together. You know, my band, APB, uh, I'm, I'm also the drummer in my son's band, Pile Tribe. But we have a website. I, I've, n- I've never touched a computer in my life. And, um, but my band, they're all whizzes and they set up a, a, a nice website. So yeah, it's the artemispileband.com and people can go there and uh, pre-order our, our beautiful album that's coming out. I know people are gonna love this album. I wouldn't be hawking this album if I, just another tribute album, but it's got so many special people involved, including you know, our new management company and our, our uh, agency out of New Jersey, Blue Raven, and, and our record company that's behind this project. It's like, we've got a great team in place and so now all I have to do is get on my beautiful 1999 Prevost bus <laughs> that belong We bought it from Lenny Kravitz.
1: Oh, you're he d- kidding! He designed it, and oh, it's, it's a must be primo. Oh, it's primo.
0: <laughs> the, the, there's no sharp corners inside; everything is rounded, so that if the driver has to jerk the wheel or something, you don't crack your head on on a sharp corner. Wow. Uh, and our, our keyboard player Brad and his wife purchased the the bus for us, and I'm I'm so glad to have it. Um, you know we're we're very proud of our bus and uh, it's it's our home away from home. We just played in Rio Doce, New Mexico, and you know one show. Nobody does what we do. Uh, we got on our bus and left out of Asheville, North Carolina, and went to Rio Doce, New Mexico. Went through Roswell and everything. Played one show with uh, Lori Morgan. Turned around and came no. back five days on the bus wow. to play one show. Wow. Now, I, I do that, and I, I don't mind a bit because gigs are hard to come by, so I'm not going to turn one down. I'm so proud of my band and our whole organization. We have the best crew in the business. I mean, we are a well-oiled machine, and everybody loves us because of the strength of the music that Ronnie Van Zant wrote, those songs. Young and old, people are smiling, going yell, yeah, because they're feeling the energy. I, I play with ferocity. When I play drums, you can't play Skinner music halfway. You have to lay into it, which you know. Thank goodness I'm still able to do. I'm happy. You know, I'm That's happy.
1: That's awesome. Good for you. I'm so happy too. <laughs> it's so great.
0: At my age, though, I probably will never be in another relationship again. Hmm.
1: Um, never i never say never. You never know.
0: I, you know, because I I just wouldn't I wouldn't do that to somebody. You know, I'm as I said married to music.
1: Um, I don't know if Dolly came knocking. I bet you'd say yes. Well, she's married. She's married. <laughs> I know, but I
0: am in lo- <laughs> I am in love with Dolly. I will say that. But what man on this planet is not? Right? <laughs> no. um, so, uh, you know, I can say that her, her husband, Carl, is a wonderful person. Uh, he loves rock and roll. That's why she did a couple of things in the past, rock and roll, for him, because he likes that. I, I, I loved going out to dinner. You know, I have I have female friends. We go out and we have some dinner uh, and everything. But I will never put myself or anybody else in a position to have to. Uh, in other words, if I put a profile, I've, I've never been online or any of those, you know, face lips or, or tweet or any of that stuff. But if I had a profile, it would be Artemis Pyle, drummer of Leonard Skinner. Um, more baggage than a 747. <laughs> Never made a woman happy in his life. Call me. <laughs> so, you know.
1: Who are some drummers that you think are, are really good? Drummers? Of today? Yeah, of today.
0: I would have to say my favorite drummer of all time. I did get to meet Ginger Baker in London at one point, but he was talking to a girl and he, he <laughs> didn't have time for me. <laughs> Harvey Goldsmith, the guy that he was a promoter in London. He said, Ginger, this is Artemis Pyle from Leonard Skinner. And Ginger turned around and he went, you know, and then he turned right back around and started talking to the girl. I don't blame him, she was hot. Uh, uh, but, uh, you know, I was in a, a popularity poll one time with uh, John Bonham and Keith Moon. I came in third. No problem. No problem with that. And I did get to meet Keith Moon here in New York. Uh, at a club one night, just after he had done Both Sides of the Moon, uh-huh. and that girl that he had on the cover, uh-huh. and um, we were at some club, and it was raucous, and uh, Gary Rossington wanted to prove to Keith Moon how crazy he was, so he ate some dirt out of a potted plant. Of course, they'd all been drinking, too, you know. <laughs> Back in those days, I smoked my weed, they drank, you know. <laughs> it was, but. Uh, But so Keith Moon and John Bonham, you know, I I love their sound. But I could just Joe Morello, you know, stick technique. um, Buddy Rich, Gene Krupa, you know, I I could go on and on. Uh, And and there's so many great drummers out there. Uh, 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 The guy from Blink 182, we have that in common. We're drummers and we had a plane crash together. Uh, There's just there's so many great drummers out there. Uh, John Theodore that plays with uh, Mars Volta, the Mars Volta. That's one of my favorite bands, Mars Volta. And John Theodore and any drummer that Mars Volta brings in, (laughs) they're all bad to the bone. We have a new management company called Spinning Plates, keeping all the plates going, Spinning Plates. And I called them up and I said, my sons and I would like to go over to Charlotte and see the Red Hot Chili Peppers. (laughs) And I mean, boom, (laughs) it was done and I was, you know, in this one little food area where everybody, the backstage people that had passes. And Chad Smith came out and he goes, Artemis Pyle. And I didn't even know he knew my name. You know, he's he's a great drummer. I love Chad. And, uh, you know, so he gives me a big hug. He says, you were an inspiration. You, you know, you, you, uh, man, you were such an inspiration. I was going, wow, Chad, thank you. And then uh, I'm doing this thing in Philadelphia with Gina Shock.
1: Yeah. Oh, Gina was here.
0: Was she here? Yeah. I, I love, love her, Gina. And I love their their uh, uh, HBO special. Yes.
1: Yes. I've
0: watched it like 10 times because, you know, they did it all on their own. Yeah. They wrote their own songs. They played their own instruments. They yeah. did not have a Svengali. Yeah. No. They were able to pull it together. And I was so proud of them watching that. And then uh, this thing I'm doing called Chiller Theater. And... Persephone, New Jersey. And uh, Ch- uh, Cheech Marin's gonna be there. Christy Brinkley's gonna be there. Huh. Um, I might change my mind about relationships if Christy's available. But, <laughs> I but, think she is. But, but uh, seriously, <laughs> uh, the, oh, her and Billy Joel are not together no, anymore?
1: No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, that, that's right. 40 years she's ago.
1: Had like four um, but
0: I called. Stuff. they gave me her number, so I called Gina. And oh, I, I said, great. Gina, you know, and, and she, then she says to me, Artemis Pyle, she, you you were such an inspiration, <clears throat> you know, and I was like, you got to be kidding me. It's I, I so didn't funny even,
1: how modest you are. You don't know that.
0: I didn't even think she'd <laughs> know my name, so <laughs> I said, you got to jam with us because my band, my other band, Pyle Tribe, we're gonna be playing uh, for this uh, event, and I said, Gina, you know, you got to come up and jam with us, you know, because we have double drums and percussion because I do that with my son. And uh, I really love the Go-Go's, um, so, but, but I'm a jazz guy. So Omar Hakim, uh, Billy Cobham from John McLaughlin and the Mahavishnu Orchestra, uh, Billy Cobham. I've, I've met Billy, I met him in Los Angeles at the record plant. Uh, the guy's Amphidextrous, he can play both, both ways. He's one of the greatest drummers in the world. Uh, all of my sons are great drummers. My daughter, uh, uh, Kelly Lucille, Everybody calls her Pepper. I have, I never met a drummer, you know, uh, that I didn't, didn't love uh, (laughs) because nobody knows how much fun us drummers have. We have a lot of fun. It's a physical thing. You're slamming and you're banging, but it's also musical, you know, and and when I'm playing with my band, I'm listening to the songs. I'm thinking about my friends that were killed in the plane crash and that have died since. Every song reminds me, sometimes I get very emotional. Uh, there's been a couple of times when I, I boo-hooed so hard within a song, I thought I was going to have to stop. you know.
1: How did you go from the Marine Corps and then, I mean, before you met Ronnie, take us into that. It was Charlie Daniels, and tell us how you got into it, and how
0: you... Well, you know, uh, Charlie wanted me to audition for he was him. here
1: too, by the way. Yeah.
0: I saw okay. the picture. Aww. I saw the picture. <laughs> uh, but Charlie wanted me to play drums with him, and then his drummer that was going to quit, decided not to. Charlie had two drummers and Charlie said, But Artemis, I've I've got a b i have i have got know a band that is looking for a drummer. Their drummer's having some medical issues and you know they, they might need a drummer. And he told me Leonard Skinner. And I said, Well do they work hard? And he said, I think so. And I found out how hard the band worked because our work ethic, rehearsal, yeah, we were a bunch of long haired hippie, you know, musicians. But they had a work ethic. And I saw that, you know, the first day I was there, they picked me up promptly at eight o'clock in the morning. We stopped by and got a big bag of boiled peanuts, and then an RC Cola and a moon pie. And we went out to the rehearsal place in Greenco Springs. But it was Charlie Daniels and Marshall Tucker that suggested to Ronnie that they give me a look. And then Ronnie called me and said, We're going to. Fly five drummers and five sets of drums down to Jacksonville, and we're going to have a drum off. And I said, "Man, that sounds like fun. Sounds great. Let's do it." And uh, Ronnie called me back in about three days, and he said, "Never mind all that. Load your drums up and come to Jacksonville right now." And uh, so I said, "Okay." So I went down.
1: Were you self self-taught?
0: Uh, you I lessons? took two lessons one time, uh, half an hour each. I paid $2 for each lesson. So I've spent $4 on (laughs) lessons. Everything else has been self-taught. Because and and I from other drummers that I've picked up. I've stolen my licks from everybody else. And I get, you know, young drummers that come up to me and say, We stole all your licks, man. I go, well, I stole them from other guys. (laughs) Um, but you know, I'm a natural drummer. When I was born and the doctor birthed me. I went two, three, four, <laughs> right? And then I got on horseback before I even walked. So horses, you know, right? Then I ran a bulldozer, a Cat D8 V8 bulldozer, diesel engine underneath me going,
1: <laughs>
0: you know, so I, I am a natural drummer, uh, total, totally natural. And uh, I feel the rhythm in everything. Most people feel the windshield wipers, right? I I hear rhythm in everything, everything. And uh, I started all my children and grandchildren off on drums because you get to learn time, Mm -hmm. but I let them go. I don't force anybody, Mm -hmm. you know, you must be a guitar player. And they're all amazing. My oldest son, Chris, when we lived in Jerusalem, Israel, uh, he's a world-class drummer. He was in a band called Royal Trucks with Jennifer Herrerma. She's six feet tall. A blonde, spits on stage, sings like Mick Jagger. She's amazing. That was Royal Trucks. And Neil, uh, her husband, Neil. Chris was the drummer in that band. But he, when he, we lived in Jerusalem, he started writing songs. And as a drummer, you know, so he picked up guitar. And now he plays rhythm guitar with his band. I'm his drummer. There's four of us. And he is a monster rhythm guitar player because he's a drummer. So he's got that. And Chris is one of my favorite drummers, my own son. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they, they all play, but Chris is a total world-class badass. And uh, so, but, but now he's, he was always shy, but now he's the lead singer of this band. And these are all songs that he wrote. And one is on our movie. It's called, It Takes a Stronger Man to Love, than to hate. And he wrote that in Jerusalem. And I I agree with it 100%. It takes a stronger man to love than to hate.
1: Yeah. What would your current self say to your younger self?
0: Be faithful to your first wife. <laughs> my biggest regret, some you know some people say no I have no regrets. My biggest regret is that I was an unfaithful husband to my first wife, Patricia. I would give anything to be married to the same sweetheart and have been a good husband. But I fell off that horse, and I was honest with her, and I hurt her badly, but I'd give anything if I would have been a good husband. Um, And, you know, we're still friends. But we're friends because of the strength of her character, right? That's why we're still friends. That's why we can still speak all the time. I spoke to her today. We have two sons together, and she lives in Columbia, South Carolina. Uh, Patricia is a wonderful person. So that, you know, that, that's, that's what my older self would tell my younger self. Hey, man, be a faithful husband. But I was weak. So I would say that to any man that's out there, that if you've got a, a, a good woman, if you've got a good relationship, whoever your partner is, be faithful to them. And, you know, uh, it's not worth it. It's, it's not.
1: And this is life, minute. Any general life advice? Just
0: peace, love, and happiness. You know, peace, love, happiness. Um, take care of yourself. Respect yourself. Respect your your id, your your inner child. Eat right. You know, take care of other people. Uh, I'm the same way as Ronnie Van Zant. This is my philosophy: that if you're a good person, I don't care if you're. Uh, gay, lesbian, transgender, what, no, no matter what race, creed, or color, if you're a good person, then you're a good person, period. That's what I believe, and that's what Ronnie believed as well. He wrote a song called Curtis Lowe. Curtis Lowe was a black man with white curly hair, and he was the greatest picker the world has ever seen. Why would he say that? if Ronnie were racist, because it comes up sometime because we had the big Confederate flag, Mm -hmm. you know. We had one made, it was $25,000. It was the biggest Confederate flag in the world. Mm -hmm. And somebody dropped it on the ground and Ronnie made him burn it. Our road manager was going, please Ronnie, no, we just had it made, it was $25,000. Ronnie said, it touched the ground, it's gonna burn. So, you know, there was a lot of controversy about racism and everything. I don't have a racist bone in my body, I feel, I, I feel that way. You know, it may be stupid to say, but Ronnie was the same way. And uh, there was a lot of that controversy. But, but no, you know, we, th- that was representing the South. Uh, I wouldn't do it today. I would be sitting in front of an American flag. You know, that's no problem. Or a Marine Corps flag. Or the flag of, the Uni- of uh, North Carolina. I'll sit in front of that flag. The Confederate flag, it hurts too many people. It, it is offensive to too many people. So no big deal, you know. It's, it was then and it's not now. I don't. I, I shouldn't really give advice to anybody because there's been some things happened to me in my life uh, that have been very unfortunate. It's, it's hurt my family, mm-hmm. false accusations. I was
1: gonna say, do you wanna say anything about you know, that?
0: Or? Well, I can say this, none of it's true. Uh, that any accusations that were made against me, uh, and right now, uh, I have an Innocence Project that has put a, a case before the state of Florida, before uh, Governor DeSantis mm-hmm. and the state of Florida, the Innocence Project. Um, they're out of Indiana, and they took up my case, and they realized that I never should have been charged with anything in the first place, that it was ridiculous, it got out of hand. They're down there for me and my, on my behalf uh, for exoneration. And because there are t- attorneys involved, I've spoken openly about it for, for years. But because now we have this case before um, the Innocence Project in Florida, um, my attorneys would probably say you shouldn't really talk any more about it uh, other than that. But, you know, none of it was true. So, you know, it's, it's all good. Um, everything's going to be fine. Uh, I'm, I'm very confident that, the, and, and this is the last thing I'll say, the truth will come out.
1: Yeah. Well, you're a wonderful person. I'm so honored that you came here.
0: Well, thank you, Joanne. Have, Thanks for letting us talk so about our new album. You're so positive
1: and beautiful, and I'm so glad you you're know? here. And I'm so glad you're with us, and you're so positive. You're, Wonderful person. <laughs> That's all I can say. Well, I can tell you well, are too. You. So thank you. Thank you. To see more of this interview, visit our website, LifeMinute.tv.